Hey, you're listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're going to talk about forgiveness in relationships. Forgiveness is most certainly a process. Let's get started. Episode 10, Brad, we have done it. Double digits. Double digits. I am, I'm so excited. I'm, I want to like scream and yell, but our, it would probably clip the mic and that would sound really awful to people, but it is, I don't know. It's what I've been looking forward to. Not like, not like our conversations aren't good enough or whatever, but like, I don't know. 10 just feels so complete, even though seven is the complete number in numerology. We won't get into that, right. but, but yes, 10, I feel so good about it. Yeah. I am, and, 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 and I'm, and I'm even more excited about the fact that our 10th episode is on, you know, relationships and forgiveness within those, because that's something that's, that is, I think near and dear to a lot of people's hearts and something that is important that, I don't know, I'm not going to say get skimmed over, yeah, but it just, it's like, oh, everybody forgive everybody and then we're good, you know, but I don't know that that's enough. I think that it requires much more, I don't know, attention to detail when it comes to the idea of forgiveness and and true forgiveness or what forgiveness is or what it isn't. And um, there's a lot more baggage that can come with that that I don't really think gets discussed. And I think we're going to have that opportunity now, which I'm excited about. Yeah, we. I'm excited about this episode too. Also very happy to be sharing episode 10 with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, let let me start by saying this. If you are listening and if you hear the word forgiveness, if you hear the topic forgiveness, if you see the name of the podcast, you see forgiveness in the title. Yeah. Is there somebody who like immediately comes to your mind? Mm. Like, is there somebody in your life that you immediately think about? Is there some sort of relationship? Is there some hurt? some something in the past is there something that immediately you're like oh i I, not not that right that i mean okay so i just want to i just want to say in this episode we're not just going to be talking about you know sort of like forgiveness of the of the absolute worst and biggest things we're Mm going to talk about forgiveness in a lot of different aspects of relationships i think Mm -hmm. but I would say to those people, and I'm talking to myself too, right? I'm not just talking to to everybody out there. Oh, yeah. But, you know, don't close yourself off. I'd like to invite you to explore this with us, this concept of forgiveness, because I think, as you said, Roman, we start to talk about what it is, what it isn't. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can provide people with a different way to process this concept of forgiveness. And maybe there are some things that have been hanging around in your psyche, in your history, yeah. in your past, or something that you're, even though it's in your past, it's sort of like still, you're still carrying it with you mm-hmm. every day a little bit, or, or it just comes up more than you'd want it to. I think maybe we're going to hopefully provide some tools for folks to, think about and address some of those things. Yeah. Because I think when we, when people think forgiveness, they think, okay, the Bible says to forgive. So I'm going to do it, but I gotta, I mean, I think with that, like someone has to ask for forgiveness or I have to ask for forgiveness from somebody. And like, is that, I know. Is that the way that it's supposed to go? Is that yeah, like how, how does it work? It's like, okay, I know that forgiveness is supposedly a good thing. And even just, again, just think real big picture here. So, oh, Christians are su- are supposed to forgive. That's right. one of the things we're supposed to do. Sure. But then you start thinking mechanically, well, how does that work? So, you know, do they have to ask me? Um, do I have to be willing? Or, or what, what if, what if we're talking about forgiving ourselves for mm-hmm. something, right? What, yeah. what, I mean, I'm sure we're, we want to get there too. How about, what about starting with what, maybe trying to define forgiveness mm-hmm. and maybe even trying to define it by what it is not. Okay. Right. As opposed to what it is, because I think that maybe is the more intuitive place to start is what is forgiveness. But I think maybe if we can chip away at perhaps what forgiveness is not, 
it will help open us up to a, a different view of what forgiveness could be. Mm. And, and I'll, I want to admit that I was impacted uh, significantly by some teaching several years ago uh, by uh, Rob Bell, who I've mentioned before on the podcast, who did some teaching on forgiveness that really stuck with me because I can tell you at that particular time in my life, I was uh, dealing, and it's not that I've never had to deal with forgiveness <laughs> since then, but I just know that it just struck me sort of between the eyes, not only on you know forgiving uh, others, but you know forgiving myself. Uh, and and again, that doesn't mean I've arrived at some place. I just there are there are some things about forgiveness where it's sort of like um, it's a constant working toward, yeah. as opposed to a place that you arrive. So let's start by thinking about what forgiveness isn't. I would say, number one, forgiveness is not ignoring what happened. Oh, yeah. And it's certainly not condoning what happened. Sure, definitely. Right? Like, in in fact, I want to kind of turn this in a different direction. In some ways, in order for forgiveness to occur you actually have to acknowledge what happened for what it is. Mm-hmm. In some ways, what happened instead of, because forgiveness is not necessarily sweeping something under the rug, right. you might have to actually sort of open things up a little bit and and be honest about what really happened mm-hmm. and confront what really happened in order for forgiveness to actually occur. So I just want to start out by saying forgiveness is not just brushing something away or just blindly condoning something that happened or it's not ignoring it like oh that that was no big deal you know that that's you know you should forgive right. why are you still hung up on that mm-hmm. right and you know you made this point just a few minutes ago you know what well, what happens you know um just in terms of order of operations what do i have to wait for somebody to to ask for forgiveness i, I mean forgiveness is not necessarily something that only comes when somebody else is willing to ask for it. Yeah. Right? Because if you are waiting for that other person, when I mentioned earlier, you know, that that person in your past or that situation in your past that comes to the top of your mind when you think of forgiveness, if you are waiting for that person to come and seek forgiveness or ask Mm. for forgiveness, that day may not ever arrive. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that sometimes people feel like it's almost pretentious to like forgive somebody before they ask, um, and it like it's like, oh, does that make me kind of a jerk? I don't, I don't think so. I think that it's it's the right thing to do, uh, and 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 though it may seem weird and awkward, I'm not saying that you have to like forgiveness doesn't necessarily have to be like you know, let's just say Brad slaps me in the face. I don't have to say to Brad's face, I forgive you for me to forgive Brad. There we go. There we go. So again, we're talking, I love this. I I really like the focus on what it's not. And I said, you know, I was mentioning, you know, forgiveness doesn't necessarily require somebody to ask for forgiveness, Mm -hmm. but how about this? The, The way it normally would go is, you know, it doesn't necessarily require the person coming to apologize either yeah. because that's something, again, you could be waiting for until your deathbed and mm-hmm. it may never happen. Yeah. And so what we're going to explore here is what are the consequences? Like if if the way things are set up in your mind is that the only way I'm ever going to forgive this person is if they come apologize and they mm-hmm. come and they do this and, that, and, and they never do that, mm-hmm. then you may be causing yourself to live with something that is unhealthy and unhelpful, yeah. like I said, for the rest of your life and and not dealing with it, it when forgiveness could actually be a way uh, towards setting you free. I, I don't want to, I don't want to get into what it is yet. Let's, let's continue with sure. what it isn't. The other thing I would say is that forgiveness is not, um, eliminating the consequences of action. Right. Forgiveness does not necessarily mean that there will be no consequences. And this is going to sound tough, but I mean, I've been in situations like this and I've, I've counseled and, and, and talked to people in situations like this. You can forgive somebody and still call the police. Yeah. 
on somebody, Definitely. right? Mm-hmm. Like in a, in a certain situation. So just because I, I don't want people to get the wrong idea here that because we're Christians and we're talking about forgiveness, that this means that there would not be consequences mm-hmm. to action. Because you can see, even within religious traditions, um, you know, I won't even point out the particular, but within religious traditions, you can see how that this sort of forgiveness had morphed into this sweep under the rug and let's not report and it never happened and there are no consequences, but it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I I mean, I think that's another one where, uh, you know, where forgiveness is not, um, forgiveness is not, does not mean the absence of consequences, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, in the best of relationships, like you said, if I, I haven't slapped you, Right, but no, you have. But not. if I did, no. if I did, or if you slapped me, in the sure. in the best of relationships, you know, forgetting, forgiving, can perhaps be for uh, forgetting. Sure. Forgiving can be forgetting. In other words, I think there is an ideal that we could reach, mm-hmm. where if somebody is forgiven, then it's not spoken of anymore and it sort of goes psychically it it goes away. Yeah. It's not there anymore. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is forgiveness does not necessarily mean you forget what happened. Oh, exactly. And, and, you know, at, at some point I, is that even, I've even questioned if that's even like genuinely possible depending upon the severity of the code offense. Absolutely. And and, in, in so many circumstances we haven't, we've sort of teased talking about boundaries, but you know, for one thing, depending on what happened, you you can't, it it wouldn't be healthy. It wouldn't be smart. It wouldn't be wise Mm -hmm. to forget yeah. Because what you have learned, even if you have perhaps forgiven, is that you need to draw boundaries yeah. with this person, mm-hmm. right? Well, and and I think that one of the things that, and I don't want to steal your thunder, or no, or, no, or no, hopefully please. I'm not getting too far ahead, but forgiveness does not also equal trust. Yes, and 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 I think that sometimes people think that that has to go hand in hand, like oh, because um, you know I've forgiven, you know so-and-so for, for hurting me doesn't mean that I am now like, okay, let's go be buddy, buddy immediately and hang out and give them that opportunity to do that same thing again. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily equal total reconciliation. Yeah. Total and complete reconciliation, um, total and complete restoration of trust. Mm -hmm. I mean, those things, again, in the best of relationships, those things can maybe happen and, and yeah. be earned back over time, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. And, th- and that's what I think maybe if there's anything we're, we're trying to get across is that just like love last week, talking about how love can look different in different relationships, forgiveness, you know, has these different attributes, but depending on what is being forgiven, why it's being forgiven, how much time has passed, what are the impacts on you, family members, people around you, it can look different, uh, in, in different situations. Right. Um, all right. So, uh, I, I, like I said, it's not, forgiveness is not total reconciliation. It's not pretending that something didn't happen. Um, you know, there are things that happen to us in our lives mm-hmm. that likely we are never going to be able to pretend that it didn't happen. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, and in fact, it's, it's, and, and I'm not a, I'm not a licensed therapist or a counselor right. or how, however, mm-hmm. you know, there is, um, there are healthy ways of dealing with things mm-hmm. in your past and there are unhealthy ways of dealing with things in your past. And simply, um, because you're trying to ignore the fact that something happened is that's not necessarily a healthy way to deal yeah. with what happened. So hopefully what we're trying to do is to give some more uh, healthy ways of, of processing the things that uh, we've done to other people, other people have done to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting that, uh, you know, we, that, that forgiveness comes within the, the realm of, us talking about relationships, yeah. especially within, I don't know, the the holiday season. I recently watched a pretty, 
I thought it was a pretty funny video with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman and how they decided they were starting to, and this is all a joke, right? But they're, they're like squashing their beef between each other because they are constantly like making fun of each other, making dumb videos, and it's all in good fun. They actually are good friends, but they don't, they're, they're clearly not forgiving each other because their banter is going back and forth. And it's hilarious, right? But, um, you know, one of the things that they're talking about is this holiday season is, you know, being able to deal with people that you love, people that you hate, and people that you need to forgive. And how sometimes the people that you hate and the people that you love also both need that same forgiveness. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's like, that's, I know they're trying to be funny and I know that it actually is really funny, but like, that's crazy and super profound because yeah. there are people that I love and people that I don't, don't love, love, don't love, there we go. <laughs> yeah, don't love that, that both, you know, I need to be able to forgive, but I, I'm just, I don't, am I in a bad place because I'm not forgiving them? Is it something that like I have to do immediately? What is that? Is there a time frame? What does that look like? What does the Bible say about that? Yeah. I mean, there's so many questions that come from if I don't forgive them right now and, and, and God comes back, what happens? Yeah. And, and I know that that's like crazy big picture and maybe I'm getting way far ahead of where we're trying to be at the moment, but sometimes that scares me. Because I mean, I, I mean, I have I have personal relationships with you know individuals in my family that I struggle with, and it's because of things that I have been offended by or, or th- things that they have done that have genuinely been bad. That do I feel like I've actually forgiven them? Am I saying that I've forgiven them? And now, if something were to happen and I have kids down the road, is that going to come back up? Am I going to freak out? Am I going to you know what's going to happen yeah. with that? And so I. I'm probably saying an unbelievable amount of things in this in this little whatever I'm saying right now, but the idea of forgiveness is something that I struggle with. Well, you you said something that's very unique. I want to try to pick it apart a little bit. You said something about like, well, what if I don't forgive them and Jesus comes back or something like that, right? Yeah. What if I haven't forgiven them? So that to me uh, signals that you and you I don't even know that you necessarily think about this but I think when you say that it sort of indicates that forgiveness is something that happens like at a moment in time yeah and so what I want to do is maybe um, I'm not sure that's right I'm not sure that's how it actually works and so that mm-hmm. so let's maybe transition into a little bit we've talked about what forgiveness is not yeah. let's talk about what it is mm-hmm. and I would say one thing is that Forgiveness is not necessarily a once-in-time event, but actually it it may be a process, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the way you feel about somebody today, in some ways, as long as tomorrow, um, in the way you're processing through that, let's say they they hurt you or they Mm -hmm. hurt somebody close to you, the way that you feel about them today versus the way you feel about them tomorrow, if you've just sort of been able to dial it down from like a 9.5 to an 8.7, just like one click down, I think that's that can be forgiveness. That can be yeah. moving towards for it. it, it I mm-hmm. think it's a process. If yeah. we're just honest with ourselves, sure. right? Yeah. Like we can't, especially if it's something significant, mm-hmm. we cannot just flip a switch. Yeah. Even if it's in the scripture, and we're mm-hmm. going to get to some scripture, we right, got some. Yeah. I think we got some scripture on the whiteboard <laughs> behind me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've got some scripture in, in my notes. Like we got some scripture, but again, you know the the Bible. I don't think it doesn't work like a math book. Simply right. because the Bible says that we need to forgive, or we need to you know forgive seventy times seven. Oh you right, know, not yeah, just yeah. seven times seven to get back to your numerology. Yeah. Um, but just because it says that doesn't mean that forgiveness is or has to be an instantaneous thing. Yeah. Have you experienced that? that oh, yeah, absolutely. And and I if I'm if I may be so bold, I don't think it should be an instantaneous thing because normally when people are and this is normally, this is in this is a generality I guess, but when people are quick to do something or they make it like a one-time thing, it doesn't you it isn't like you don't like hold on to it. It's not something that you build over time, so it's not really something that you really worked on that much. And so you don't really hold on to it. Um, you know, I was talking to a, um, a new friend of mine who is an old friend of yours. Uh, his name is Aaron Shaner. 
He is a um, he's a licensed family therapist, and he actually used to be the youth and family guy where I currently am. And so, um, one of the shout th- out to Aaron. Yeah, absolutely, Aaron. If you're listening, which I think you are, yeah, um, he listens. He listens. I enjoyed our talk, and one of the things that Aaron was talking about was um, we kind of got into a discussion about um, uh, like children, and then um, like divorce within that and like what that looks like with them and, 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 right. and growing up and then, or, or just like things that have like offended people or things that are like things that have happened to them when they were kids and, you know, looking at that when they get older and they get into a relationship and, and they say that they have forgiven or that they have, you know, sort of moved past that or whatever. And then they end up having kids at that point And then all this stuff starts to resurface. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, how do you deal with that? What does that look like? Yeah. Welcome and, to middle age. Right. And so it's it's like this. I think the forgiveness is this process because as, as kids... Right. You, you deal with kind of some like superficial thing like, oh, you know, he lied about me or whatever. And, you know, or he made fun of me or something or she made fun of me or something like that. Right. Right. And and and, and so you kind of in that moment, it's like, all right, whatever, we're going to get over it and we're going to move on. But then obviously you look into something that that's major like divorce or abuse or something like that. That's going to that's going to carry over for a long time. Or it might not even be something that's so, so that's certainly included. Sure. But what about if it's just something that, you know, as you that's why I said welcome to middle age. <laughs> Once you start, you know, you get married, having kids or your kids start growing up and and reaching ages that you remember being mm-hmm. as a child and you start to reflect, I think this is just natural. You start to reflect on your own childhood oh, yeah. and things that that were said to you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe things that were done to you, but but things that were said to you, said right. about you by family members, by friends, by mm-hmm. other people, you start to, I think, appreciate in a different way mm-hmm. the impact that those things have. And I think it's it's quite possible that that things can bubble up to the surface where you realize, you know, maybe there are some things that I haven't let go or, or some things that are still... Um, impacting you, or at least that you have an awareness of, and then you have to process those in, in some kind of way. And I yeah. think that's one of the things we're talking about. When that forgiveness is maybe another way. I, I said last week that when we were talking about all the different ways you could talk about love, mm-hmm. that any words we use are just approximations of meaning. Yeah. So when we say the word forgiveness, perhaps one of the things that we mean when we say the word forgiveness is we're talking about a way to process negative events, negative Mm -hmm. feelings, negative emotions from the past. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about, you know, what is a healthy way to process these things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Let me... Let me shoot in with a couple of these. So that yeah, these go are, ahead, go I, ahead. I can't I can't take credit for the I, I've heard these from from different places. Um, but I thought each one of these are good in that it helps me sort of think about what forgiveness is. Um, uh, to forgive somebody is to refuse to allow someone else to take your joy. Mm. So mm. By, by forgiving them, you are refusing to continue to allow them to take joy away from you. Or how about this? When you when you when you refuse to forgive, you are essentially allowing somebody to live rent-free inside of your head. Yeah. Definitely. How about that one? Yeah. That's pretty descriptive, right? It is. You can I just have this picture of somebody, you know, chilled out on a couch with their feet up on an ottoman and they're not paying rent and they're in my head in the corner of my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or how about this? I like this one. Uh, refusing to forgive is like drinking rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. Mm. Wow. All right. Okay. Now here's, (laughs) here's the, here's the last one. Uh, forgiveness is setting someone free and then finding out that the person you set free was you. Hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. All right. So I get the reason I kind of put those out there is I want us to start thinking about forgiveness less as a command of like, Oh, you know, we're supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. This is one of those things we're supposed to do. Yeah. Like, like the morality that we talked about and more of like, this is actually a divine strategy for being 
for existing as a human being mm-hmm. and dealing with what inevitably happens in relationships, which is people disappoint other people. Yeah. You know, I, people have disappointed me. Oh man, I have disappointed other people. Yeah. I have disappointed myself, right? We disappoint ourselves. So it's like all the ways in which we don't live up to our own expectations, others don't live up to our expectations. We don't live up to the expectations of others. See, there's like three different ways that can happen. Mm -hmm. In all those different ways, forgiveness is, I think, a healthy, a divinely appointed way to process that. Well, yeah, and and I think that at some point, a forgiveness requires pushing aside pride and uh, allowing some humility to come in. Because it's easy to sit on a pedestal and say, well, they've offended me. Now they're beneath me and I have to, you know, I have all this power over them. Right. And however, in there is, I think, a reverse play in that, 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 that they have this power over us because we're just allowing them to be there. Just like the person that's rent free in your head. Yes. But yes. it, it, sometimes it, it feels reversed. Like, oh, well now, I mean, like the, I hold all the cards and I don't know that that's, that's I don't think I think that's oh you're talking about when you're in the position of of where you're not maybe not willing to forgive right yeah as as opposed to when you're when you're seeking forget or or when you I I see what you're saying when you're not well you're like okay well I'm not like we said at the beginning I'm not going to forgive until they Mm -hmm. get their act right until they apologize until they ask for forgiveness yeah and and you can see that a lot with young children um, and you can also see that a lot with adults, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but it's, I, I think they that just mask things better, right? right? Exactly. But, but I think it's important that we see that. I think it's important that you can see that with young kids. And then we think that, oh, we're grown up. We don't do that anymore. And you're like, oh no, time out. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We just do it passive aggressively. Right? Oh yeah. It doesn't play itself out during mm-hmm. like the school day. Yeah. Right. You know, mm-hmm. end to end. Instead it plays itself out over years and over like four or five Thanksgivings Mm -hmm. and Christmases. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, they took the gift I wanted for the white elephant. Guess what? (laughs) No gift for them next year. You're like, wow, I can't believe that. And and what's crazy is that like that seems like nothing. And, And for the most part, maybe it's not much, but it is something that people will just hold on to. And in all honesty, if that's really kind of where you're at, there's probably something else there as well. Um, there's something that like, okay. Yeah. Things are getting held on to like that. If people are, if you're keeping a catalog or if somebody's mm-hmm. keeping a catalog on you, I know you're about to go into a, you're about to go into something, but you may, you made me think about, I mean, you haven't been, maybe been married long enough for this to happen because I mean, right. how far back could Lauren go really? But I've sure. got like, you know, Katie's got like <laughs> 20 years to go back for me. But if you ever get into a, you know, a, a discussion uh-huh. with your spouse, maybe discussion. an argument with yeah. your spouse. And during the course of the argument, they're like, well, you remember. Oh, yeah. In 2007. <laughs> like, right. wait, did you, just, did you just call up something 13 years ago? Like, that, that is a thing. That, and I think probably everybody who's married or, or in a relationship um, listening has experienced that before, right? Mm-hmm. And th- there's something about that that th- that you know, think about how that feels when you're on the other end of that, when somebody is just able to sort of reach out and it might, it, let's say it might be a pretty bad fight, right? Sure. Pretty bad verbal altercation. And they reach up on the shelf and they dust this thing off and they, they yep. pull it out and they're like, boom, open it up and hit you with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, why does that, let me ask you, why does that hurt so much? Or what, or what does that feel like? I, I think that, I mean, one, that has already happened to me. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't super crazy, but it, it hurts because I think that in that moment, you think you've already moved on from that. Yeah. Like how, like you've been holding on to that this whole time. Yeah. What else are you holding on to? And now right. I got to worry about it. Right. And it's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. I mean, it totally works both ways. And I don't want to suggest that it's only uh, wives who have uh, good memories. Right. Um, you know, uh, I guess, you know, husbands have memories too. Um, but 
it's just like in a, but it doesn't just even happen in romantic relationships, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this happens in all kinds of oh, relationships, yeah, definitely, and and particularly with people that you don't live with or you don't see every day, these things I think can fester or, mm-hmm. or they can destroy relationships, right? Yeah. But they can still be out there. They can still exist. And uh, you know, what I think we're talking about is how do you deal with those things? Mm-hmm. How, how, how do you move forward with people? What, what's a better way uh, to deal with relational strife like that? What, mm-hmm. what, what's our forgiveness strategy? Right. And, and the idea of different relationships in the realm of forgiveness is intriguing to me because, you know, sometimes it's easy for me to just kind of, you know, gloss over something little uh, that, you know, maybe my wife does that I'm not a fan of and just be like, whatever. But, you know, maybe somebody that I'm just meeting or someone that, um, you know, I'm kind of just more acquaintances with or just kind of a friend with those little things are like, eh whatever. But then you, it almost reverses where if my wife were to do something like crazy, like ridiculous that like really hurt me, I would really struggle with that. Whereas that acquaintance, if they did something outrageous, it would be like, it would hurt, but it would go away quickly because I don't really know them. Right. And, um, I kind of, I, yet again, I'm going to, I'm probably going to absolutely butcher this, Aaron. I'm really sorry. Um, but Aaron, I, I talked to Aaron a little bit about that because the idea of the types of relationships that you have and the, the, the offenses or the hurt that has happened, um, like where does forgiveness kind of fall into that? Is it easier? Is it more difficult? And he used the word rupture. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe he used like the, the idea of, let's just say, um, you know, Brad, you and your wife. And let's say that, this might get personal. I, it's not intentional. This Go is just it. this is a random. This is me. Ma- this is all hypothetical. Okay. Right. So let's just say, uh, Brad, that you and your wife, obviously, to hold this relationship together, you guys are um, like holding balls of energy. You're putting this ball of energy into this relationship, and that's kind of what's holding it together, right? And so um, let's say that you know you do something that is hurtful to your wife and it's something crazy, right? It's ridiculous. It doesn't matter really what it is, but it's just really hurtful. And you rupture that ball of energy. And now this all kind of like flowing out and there's, how do you, how, how does that mend? How does that mending begin? What's that mending process look like? And it can become very difficult because of the amount of energy that it takes to, that goes into that relationship because you want to keep it and maintain it and do everything you can. So when you, when that hurt or that, that pain or that offense takes place, that rupture and how big it is, is a big deal. So it might become more difficult for your wife to forgive you at some point and true forgiveness through that process that we talked about. Um, it might take longer. The consequences may be, may be worse or more harsh seemingly because of the, the massive energy ball that, you know, she's Mm -hmm. kind of holding onto. I hope, I hope that makes sense. And Aaron, I hope that I said it the right way. The energy ball. I like it. Right. But I, I <laughs> energy ball probably is not what he said. And I'm really sorry, Aaron, if it's wrong. But I mean, like, I that makes sense in my head. Yeah. Like I can picture that in my head. The the idea of somebody, you know, you know, rupturing something that I'm working really hard to maintain and keep and finding a way to mend that. Forgiveness is a good way to do that, but it's going to be really difficult if I put so much time and effort into it. Yeah. Um, and and so it, I, I can see in the different relationships that one person holds how it could be easier or more difficult, you know, just based off of the relationship or the type of relationship or the time that you put into it. Um, yeah, how you value, and, and I think maybe that's part of mm-hmm. what goes part of what goes in maybe into the energy ball, right? Like, it, yeah, you know, how how much does each person value the relationship? How much is riding on this relationship? How much time has been invested in this relationship? Are there children that are involved in this relationship? Are yeah. there families that are? What are the outcomes? What are the potential outcomes? So there can be a, a lot riding on relationships. There can also be not a lot riding on relationships. There can be other relationships. And I think that's why you see people um, acting like they do on the freeway, right? Is, Is because how much is there riding on the relationship that you have with the person who just cut you off? Not much. Or the person you just cut off, right? So that's why I think people act the way that they do. They don't need to really worry about the energy balls. No. And and they're rupturing, right? Because you're never going to see that person again, Mm -hmm. hopefully. Right. 
right? <laughs> Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> but I think it's it, and then there's there's the spectrum all the way between there and then sort of our closest relationships where, um, you know, things are when we make bad decisions. Uh, you know, they, they can be very impactful. They can, mm-hmm. you know, you can make a bad decision and the implications of that can reverberate in such a way that it makes forgiveness incredibly difficult in something that, once again, is not going to be a light switch to be flipped. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a significant process. One thing I want to throw into the mix, and then maybe we can, you know, maybe we can, I don't think we've talked about any specific scriptures, but I know there's a couple we want oh, yeah, to, to, to talk about you know, just as some examples, but one piece that might be a little bit of a roadblock to forgiveness, um, is that I think many times we have a hard time. You use the word humility, but I will even say not just having a hard time being humble, but we have a hard time forgiving ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so if we have a hard time processing forgiveness, and this would even be, you know, forgiveness from God, yeah, you know, for, for things in our past, then I, I think that that can actually be a root of why we have trouble forgiving other people. So I, I'm always curious, like somebody who is, is not forgiving or, or is not open to that. I wonder sort of how harshly they view themselves and their mistakes and mm. their wrongs or wrongs they've committed in their past, whether because there is something that seems to flow and that is cyclical. I mean, maybe that I can start us off if we go to the Sermon on the Mount, right? Mm, yeah. And Jesus teaching us how to pray. Mm-hmm. One of the things he says in the Sermon on the Mount is, you know, uh, forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our sins as we forgive those yeah. who sin against us, who trespass against us. Mm-hmm. So Jesus sets this whole forgiveness thing up as a cycle Yeah, that, you know, forgive us, God, for heavenly father, forgive us of, of all the ways that we fall short Yeah, at the same time that we are forgiving those around us for all the ways they have fallen short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, it kind of, um, like the greatest commandment, love God and then love others as you love yourself. And, and a lot of the times like love others, the, the, the love yourself part kind of gets thrown under the bus a little bit. And I say under the bus more like it kind of just gets swept under the rug, like you were saying earlier, yeah. but it's important. Like one of the Greek words for love that we talked about last week was phalausia, which is a self love. Yeah. Um, and Aristotle once said that all friendly feelings that one feels for another um, is basically how they can feel for themselves is the ability for them to feel for themselves. Right. And, and, and I, and I think I might get one step further is just any feeling, not even necessarily a friendly feeling, but any feeling that one can feel for someone else is a feeling that they can also feel for themselves or have felt for themselves. Um, and, and I think that's important to understand um, that self-love is incredibly important because, or self free and, 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 and I say by, by using self-love within that, I think forgiveness is an integral part of what that is because if you cannot forgive yourself, how can you extend that to anyone else? Well, and this is what I meant by, you know, some of these biblical, some of these verses or these stories, I don't know that they're commandments, Mm-hmm. I mean, you could look at it as a commandment. Oh, this is an instruction. Yeah. Is it a commandment as much as it is a truth, right? So the, as you were just saying, if you are not able to forgive, if you're not able to forgive others, mm-hmm. will you ever experience forgiveness yourself? Right. Or, or the other way around. If you're not able to if you don't believe that God has forgiven you, if you don't feel forgiven, mm-hmm. how are you then going to feel forgiving? How, how are you going to feel able to forgive right. others? So I almost feel like Jesus is kind of laying down truth. Yeah. This is the way it works. Mm-hmm. The way it works is that the more you sort of acknowledge and embrace the 
the vast nature of God's forgiveness, right? The mm-hmm. way that God uh, looks at us and sees us, the compassion he has uh, for us, the way God views us. If you don't fully embrace that, it's going to be difficult to fully embrace forgiveness with people who wrong you. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, the idea of, and we touched a little bit on this earlier about God forgetting, um, Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. That that mindset is very difficult for me to really live. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not necessarily hard for me to grasp because the idea is that God... Because you me. want him to grasp, right? You exactly. want to grasp that when it comes yes. to you. You mm-hmm. want him to forget, just like we were saying in the in the arguments that people bring up things from from the past. Yeah, you want it to be forgotten. You don't want them to be able to reach back up on the shelf and pull out that mm-hmm. dusty book and and say, "Boom, th- there's mm-hmm. this." But like I going back to what I said in the very beginning about how you know in the best of relationships, and hopefully I think you know our relationship with God is at least it's a divine relationship. Mm-hmm. So God has the ability to forget, but recognize recognizing that we're, we're human beings, yeah. you know, ideally we'd be able to forget. And in the best of relationships, we can. It's like, no, Roman, forget about it. You know what? It's fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know you had a bad day mm-hmm. yesterday. I could tell. You know, so what you said, you know, it didn't hurt my feet. It sounds like I'm talking about something real. I'm not. <laughs> it's all right. It's <laughs> but, okay. But, you know, I, I, could, I could tell, you know, you weren't, you know, you weren't feeling yourself or whatever. Forget about it. It's gone. It's forgotten. Mm-hmm. It's like it never happened. I mean, that, that's ideal. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it always works exactly that way. Yeah, you know, I, I, I also, I, I want to look at potentially the other side of that, and that's people who don't forgive because they don't think the other person deserves the forgiveness. Yeah, and 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 I and I don't want to harp on that too much because I I, I like the the direction that we're taking with the episode, but I think that it's important to to consider. That there are people, and I am that person, and I can be, you know, one of those people, and I have been that that hasn't forgiven because that person hasn't done enough to deserve my forgiveness, hasn't hasn't you know you know exerted enough energy for me to even you know consider that, and I think you know the idea of Matthew six fourteen and fifteen is it for, you know basically I'm paraphrasing here he says you know forgive others so that you can also receive forgiveness from me and. Corey Lamb, I'm full of quotes today, which is kind of exciting. Corey Lamb, who is a dear friend of both of ours, who is also who's a minister, um, he said he said this he said something very like incredibly profound in a sermon, and it has stuck with me since. And he said that, and I may have even said this in an episode before, but he says when you don't forgive, you are not understanding the value of your own sin, and. That when he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, like that's, that's incredible to think about because I receive that I can receive that forgiveness when I can also forgive. And I mean, and that's, that's both in the idea of this, the the self forgiveness, but also I think in real forgiveness from God, I know that it's kind of a part of it and and it's a cyclical thing, but it's, it's an, I think it's an understanding that we need to have that without being able to forgive other people. I think God can see your heart. Well, let, let me say this. This goes back to something when we were talking about what forgiveness is not. And this gets at exactly what you were just saying. When you're talking about, you know, well, that's person, I, I just can't bring myself to, to forgive that person because they don't deserve it or they don't, or, or what they did was just so horrible. Um, but is forgiveness primarily about the other person? I mean, mm. re- they, you can forgive somebody and they may never know it. Right. You don't have to tell them, mm-hmm. right? For I would suggest that forgiveness is mostly about you. Yeah, definitely. Because what you are doing is you are you are taking a burden that you are carrying. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 person who's living rent free inside your head, and you are allowing yourself not instantly, but perhaps over time to lay that burden down. You are letting something or you're trying to, you're trying to let something go. You're trying to turn it over to God. Mm -hmm. You are, um, you're sort of, 
pushing. I'm, I'm doing like a hand, like a Tai Chi sort of like pushing <laughs> slowly away the right. energy ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're allowing it to sort of float away right you're not holding on to it you're not white knuckling whatever that person did and holding on to it like for for revenge or whatever or maybe you've just gotten maybe just in your life it's become part of your identity mm. and you don't know what life would look like if you let it go so it, it's not yes are we supposed to forgive other people Yes, but I'm not sure it's primarily about the other person. I think it's primarily mm -hmm. about us yeah. because God knows it's unhealthy for us to hold on to that stuff. Jesus knows that too. it's unhealthy for us to hold on and to not forgive, to not process mm -hmm. those things and to not let go, particularly of situations where the person is not going to, right. uh, li likely not going to come back mm -hmm. and apologize and forgive, yeah, or, or ask for forgiveness. And, and and I think a a a good example of all of that is the the story of the prodigal son. Yes, um, great one. Yes, or or the lost son, or even in some translations, it is looked at as something called the running father, which I think is a a beautiful beautiful description of of the story. And the story is all about what you focus on, what you choose to focus on. So mm -hmm. take us through it. Yeah, take well, us through so, that. So 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 the the story in of itself is essentially a son asks for his inheritance, he then receives it, he goes off and he squanders it and it's coming back very shame. Right. Ask for an inheritance while his father is still living. Correct. Which, which even in this day and time would be a pretty audacious thing right. to do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't comply with normal uh, trust and estates law. I can tell you right. that. <laughs> um, it's it's really the it's the Jewish equivalent of mm -hmm. telling your dad to drop dead. Basically, yes. And 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 so But he gives him the money. He does. He does. The dad does, does give him the money. And so he's now squandered all of it, been ridiculous, and now he is shamefully coming back. And at this point, I, I mean, I want you to essentially sort of picture, and this is how, because this is how I picture it in my head. And I'm not necessarily saying this is exactly what happened, but in my head, I see the son who is, I don't know, he's in like clothes that at one point were very nice, but are now ripped and shredded and really dirty and gross. And he's right. walking down. Because he's this, been feeding with the pigs. He's been, yeah, he's been hanging out with pigs. Um, and right. if you know anything about pigs, pretty gross. Right. Um, and so he is, you know, making his way down this dirt road back to where his father is. And his father sees him from a distance and just runs. And in Jewish culture, that's not a thing. Um, in, in that time period, that father, it would have been imp improper for him to run in general, just because that's just not what, you know, distinguished men did at the time. Even now, even today, dads, not so much at running, right? It's right. not, not, <laughs> no, not, <laughs> no, 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 no. And which is interesting. And, 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 and another, the, the, another idea there is that to run, at the time, you had to you would have had to lift up your your tunic, um, right? And and which would have shown bare leg, okay? Right. Which now doesn't seem like much, right? But at that point, showing bare leg, even for a man, right, was I mean grounds for basically you're just you're canceled from our community, right? Long before cargo shorts, absolutely. Um, the dads back then were not doing that. They were no. the tunic was it was. No, no leg. Inappropriate. Yeah, right. ab absolutely. And so the, the idea there is that before the son got a word out, before the son could do anything, say anything, make his crazy speech, dad was already at that point, willing to sacrifice a whole lot of other things so that his son could have an understanding of where he was at. Yeah, it, it's so, it's such a beautiful story. Um, and I love the focusing. I love that that focusing. I think you said that you were telling me right before the podcast that within Jewish traditions, they, they'll uh, you know even though it's a New Testament story, but they, mm -hmm. they would uh, call this the running father. Yes, um, yeah. I love that focus because you know in the story, 
the prodigal son, um, he's like got this whole speech rehearsed yeah. that it tells us. He's got this whole speech rehearsed. Um, and, and I think the way this, this story is classically taught is it's like, this is a story of repentance. Um, but notice, like, as you pointed out, the father is running and, and the scripture says he, he saw, uh, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran out, he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. There's there was no speech like that. The son didn't even get the speech out. And this is what the father's doing. I'll point out just two other quick things too, about this is in Luke chapter 15. This story is, is nestled, um, among two other stories, uh, the story of the lost sheep and the story of the lost coin. And what's interesting without going through those parables is that each of those stories, um, if you think about, you know, what did the lost coin do to be found? Or what did the lost sheep do to be found? And if you read those stories, you recognize that all they really contributed to their foundness Mm -hmm. is getting lost. Right. And so ever ever since I noticed that, it made me read this parable. I'll call it the parable of the running father now because I like it better. It made me read the parable of the running father differently and and I think it can give us a a different way of how uh, to see how God views forgiveness or, or the way that God so, sort of forgives with this reckless abandon mm-hmm. even before we we get our repentance speech out yeah I was um, speaking with 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 a minister about this this topic before and um, he had mentioned to me a painting that he wished that he still had. And I ended up finding it on the internet because that's what Google you can is find for. Everything on the find internet. everything on the internet, and and it's it's interesting that um, the the painting itself is actually called mismatched sneakers, and the idea is it's it's based off the prodigal son, and it's that the father sees the son and just grabs the the two closest shoes on the porch, and just starts running. So there there isn't really a thought about what he looks like, what's going on. It's just how can, how quickly can I get to that point? And so it's just this father that is running with mismatched sneakers onto his son. And that is, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't know. I feel like we're, we're, we're saying the same thing over and over again, but that, that picture is beautiful. And, and, and I'm, I'm not a dad. So I, I don't want to sit here and say that I, I completely have an understanding of what that is, but Brad, you are, and and, and yeah. I and I and you're a son, so you can right halfway there. Yeah, and but but Brad, for you, if if your son had gone off for an extended period of time, and you know that he was in a bad spot, you know that he's not living his best life, you know that he is suffering, and he shows up coming down your street, and you see him. I mean, is I mean this this is what happens, right? I mean, you're you're in that same spot. Well, I can tell you this: that becoming a parent, and and now now I have a as of a couple of weeks ago, I have a 15 year old and a 13 year old. Mm-hmm. So shout out to uh, yeah. Josh and Caleb, two teenage boys in the house. Right. Um, I can tell you this: that the way I feel about my boys, um the way I feel about them as their father, it teaches me so much. It teaches me every single day about, or it, it teaches me, it gives me what I believe is just a glimpse into how God sees us. Mm-hmm. And to answer your question, there is nothing, there is nothing that would stop me from loving my boys. Yeah. There's nothing. I can say that unequivocally, mm-hmm. right? And that is also how increasingly I see God. Mm. I increasingly see God as someone who will never stop loving God's children. Yeah. All right? And and I'm... I'm being as broad as I can possibly be when I say God's children, 
you know, I'm, I'm not just talking about the people who believe exactly what I believe, right? <laughs> um, you know, I think Paul says um, at the Oropagos on, on Mars Hill, uh, he, he recognizes when he's talking to, when he's reasoning with the Greeks and the philosophers, he said, look, you know, as your own poets, as these secular poets have, have acknowledged, we are all God's children. Mm. Right. So um, back, I don't want to get us off track, but just, I do think this, I do think this, that how we see God and how we are able to process and accept the love and forgiveness of God to tie episode nine to episode 10, how we are able to experience the love, both the love and the forgiveness of God are intimately connected with how we are able to uh, experience and to then share and relate love and forgiveness to others. Mm -hmm. They are so you, I do not believe, I think they're inextricably uh, intertwined. You cannot separate those. You cannot be somebody who believes in all that, all your, you know, everything you've, all the ways you've screwed up, all the ways you haven't uh, measured up, um, all the way, all the mistakes, all the things. If you could go back and the ten things you would change in your life up until this point, yeah. If you could redo all of them, um, but but you can't, right? But you know that God still loves you just as much. That he that you are completely forgiven, right? If you believe that about God, but yet, but yet, you don't believe that about others. You're, you, you, you're not willing to pass that along to others. There is a significant disconnect there. And I would even say this, I would even say that if you are not able to pass that along to others, understanding that it's a process, right? Yeah. Understanding that, you know, we're, we're not saying that this is something that, that happens immediately, but if you are not, I guess I really wonder how much you you do believe and how much you do take to heart that God has co- co- loves us unconditionally mm-hmm. and forgives us completely or is there a part of you if, is there another part of your head and the other part where the person's not living rent free and the other part of your brain is there a part of you where you think God's keeping score mm. he's still keeping score and so you're going to continue to keep score with those around you. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think that more often than not, that's kind of how we feel is that there's, there's a score and that, cause that's how the world works. Oh, yeah. Roman, that, that, that is how the world works. Mm-hmm. People keep score. Yeah. It's unfortunate because if we didn't, the world would probably be a better place. But how would we know who the winners and the losers are if we didn't keep score? Isn't that interesting? Well, I know, and and I don't get me wrong. I am not a everyone gets a trophy, everyone's a winner. Oh, we've mentality. heard about that. No, we've heard <laughs> that's not not who I am. I keep score, but I I hope that I'm you know giving off this you know this light that I'm not keeping score with other people and 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 forgiveness and how because I mean like the the idea of a John three sixteen right for God so loved the world he gave his only son. That to me is God already running because sometimes I I think there's this perception of God that like he just sits there and we all go to him. We're like, God, I'm so sorry. And he's like, well, okay, fine. But God is con. And and maybe this is just my opinion, but God, I think is constantly running to, to, to be closer to us because the idea of Isaiah 43, 25, that he's like, even I, you know, will forgive and forget but I do it for my, I do, I do it for, God says he does it for himself. Right. Because he wants that relationship, because he wants that to be able to continue forever and ever and ever. So he is running continuously. You know, and, and, and I think that that's a, that's, that's, that's why the prodigal son, the running father, whatever you want to call it, that's why I think that it's so applicable to the idea of forgiveness in our relationship with God. Because it, like you were saying, that if, if you can have the understanding and have the 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 concept in your head or ingrained that that God 
loves you, that God forgives you no matter what, if you can really get into the idea of Romans 8 that nothing can separate you from the love of God, then you can in turn give that to other people. You can start. You can start with that. It, it's You can start to maybe wrap your head around it. it it's, it's not going to be easy. Oh, no. It's something you're going to have to work through, but at least you can, you can start from there, mm-hmm. and, and you can recognize, okay, this is something. Um, well, you can see the benefits of it, and, and maybe you start with the relationships, like we said, the, the, the spousal relationship, yeah. where you know what that's, that feels like. I mean, we were sort of, uh, we weren't ripping on our wives, but we we're just no. talking about, you know, wives bringing up things. But I, I'm, I'm guessing this has probably also happened, it certainly happened to me, where, you know, you, you did screw up, right? Oh, yeah. And then, but you got forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You receive forgiveness. And if you think about what that feels like, and if it was, maybe it's, it, it, if you, you knew that it was like that ideal forgiveness where it wasn't just forgiveness. It was all those things. It was forgiveness. It was forgetting. It was reconciliation. There was trust rebuilt mm-hmm. that when you feel that there, there is no better feeling than yeah. that, right? So that that that's though in a relationship where again there's a lot of energy, big energy balls. Shout out to Aaron Shaner again, <laughs> right? But you know it, it's that kind of relationship. Then as we move away from those primary relationships, I think it becomes tougher and tougher, mm-hmm. um, but perhaps no less important to to try to work forgiveness into those relationships. Just one other example from scripture. We man, we've hit a lot of scripture today. We have. Right? Go but us. there's a, there's another um, th- there's another section in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus when, when he's talking about forgiveness, he talks about, look, if you if you go to the altar, which is something you had to do as a Jew at that time, mm-hmm. when you go to the altar, you know, with with your offering and as you're approaching the altar, you remember not that you have something against somebody else, but when you remember that somebody else has something against you, Jesus says, drop, drop the sacrifice. Forget about doing your duty to God. You go and do everything that you can to be reconciled to that person. Yeah. You know they have something against you. Go deal with that. That is of primary importance then come back and you can do your, your duty under Jewish law and you can g- give your uh, you can give your your gift a- at the altar which I thought if you think about it that's sort of revolutionary because you have Jesus you have the the Son of God mm-hmm. saying guess what takes top priority not necessarily doing the things to check the box, yeah. you know, like we were saying before, to be right with God. What are the things you have to do? You have to go to church, you have to pray, you have to give your offering, you have to do all these. Right. No, Jesus is like, no, actually the priority needs to be your relationship with the people around you. And mm-hmm. if you know that somebody, you, you know, ha- is holding something against you and there's a way for you to, to go and to to seek forgiveness, to seek reconciliation, to address that, to, to address that relationship in love. Mm-hmm. That is actually the most important thing. Right. And, and that's why, you know, we're talking about relationships. That's why relationships is something that's going to be extended over, you know, several episodes. And as we, as we, as we're wrapping up forgiveness, you know, I, you know, I, I hope that it's something that we, that we hopefully are, giving off the understanding that it's a process that we're not saying that, you know, you're just because you listen to this episode, you, you know, you're now going and forgiving completely, but hopefully you're going and starting the process of forgiveness. And I'm also saying that to myself. Um, If there's a person in your life and because of be again, I loved using the kid words. If there's beef with this person, oh, right? Yeah. All right. If there's beef with this person, such that every time their name comes up in conversation, you see the people around you, and they're all like, oh, "Ooh!" Like, like they turn and they look at you because mm-hmm. the name just came up, and they're wondering what you're gonna say next. Yeah. Like that. If there is that kind of a relationship or that kind of beef with somebody, if there's somebody like that in your life, right? Then. You know, to Roman's point about it being a process, all we're saying is, you know, if you can try to approach whatever that is in such a way that 
again, not being about the other person and whether they deserve forgiveness or whether they've apologized or whether they're ever going to ask for forgiveness, but for you, for your own health, for your own sanity, um, as a result of the forgiveness that you have experienced Mm -hmm. from God, if you can start to move yourself one day at a time, not necessarily in a straight line. There'll probably be days when you remember something and it's at the top of your head and it becomes, uh, you know, that much more difficult. But if you can slowly, slowly move incrementally toward a place where you acknowledge what they did, acknowledge what happened, you know, draw boundaries uh, that are necessary, but to start to turn that over uh, to the divine, where you are no longer responsible mm-hmm. um, for for that person in a way and to do things or for that person to do things that you have no control over, that all of a sudden it becomes more about you and your health and, and you granting the same kind of forgiveness that you've received. If you can just do that just a little bit each day, that's that's progress. And, and all that progress can be celebrated, every mm-hmm. bit of it. Even if a year from now, if we're doing podcast 110 or 310, or I don't know what it'll be, right. even if we're doing that and you're still sort of holding on to it, but if you could say, you know what, I'm not where I was with that person, and maybe their name can be brought up and people don't wince, or you don't wish harm on that person or you don't wish mm-hmm. they would move to the other side of the world, right? Yeah. Or you know, you don't get mad every time you hear about something good that happened to them. If those things start to lessen, you'll know you're moving in the right direction. Yeah, and so um, you know, Brad, you said this word several times and I and I and I, I think that it's a pretty good indicator as as to, you know, where we're moving next week and um that would be boundaries and boundaries within relationships and you know, what that looks like and, and how it can be different for different people and how, how you can navigate that through love and forgiveness, which is why I, I, I think that it was important that we hit these two topics first yes. so, so that boundaries can be, um, you know, set, but also, you know, you know, maneuvered correctly. Yeah. And it's, again, it's, it's drawing the line. Mm-hmm. So we've got to draw some lines. We've got to draw some boundaries or we've got to explore some boundaries. I yeah. think it makes so much sense to mm-hmm. uh, go there next, but that will be the final relationship episode. Yes. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and we've enjoyed the idea of relationships. I'm glad that we've been able to, you know, kind of, kind of talk about relationships and, and, and our own and, and, but also, you know, within the context of love, forgiveness, and I'm even looking forward to, to boundaries, but, um, you know, now I just want to say thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate, you know, the feedback we've received. Um, it's, it's just, it's been so great. It's been so positive. Um, and just, I don't know, it makes me feel good. Um, me too. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. So um, we guys, we really hope you guys have a uh, fantastic week, and we look forward to talking about boundaries with you guys next week. Have a great day.